The Top 100 Clubhouse Podcast is brought to you by Eden Mill, bringing the tradition of distilling whiskey and gin back to St Andrews, the home of golf. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Top 100 Clubhouse, the ultimate podcast for golf course enthusiasts worldwide. I'm your host, James Henderson, and we're about to embark on a journey through lush fairways and breathtaking landscapes, as well as delving deep into the minds of fascinating individuals from every corner of the golfing universe. Get ready to explore the world's top golf courses through the eyes of those who know them best. We sat down this year to decide how we're going to review 2023 and we thought we'd get Simon Holt and David Davis into the office just before a Christmas party to add and we sit down with a few beers and have a full debrief and recap of 2023 and look towards 2024. This is the first part of a three-part special that we've done. This one we review all the golf courses that Lockhart and the likes have been at and especially Simon and David who many of you might not know is two of the most travelled golfers I've ever met in my life. It's amazing the kind of stuff they get up to. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Year in Review, gentlemen. I'm here with Simon Holt and David Davis, who are probably the two big cheeses of uh, Top 100. Would you say you're both the, the, the most important people in the company? Uh, absolutely not rock bottom, <laughs> bottom no, 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 there, no uh, there is no chance <laughs> no one listens to me and especially on the travel side it's unequivocally leanne um, <laughs> so but we're I, I speak for myself but also probably david we're very happy to be here and in, in our nation's capital i've said that before here in edinburgh with a can of beer in our hands at 6 p.m on a thursday christmas time with all the lights outside in edinburgh and happy to be talking about golf and the top 100 christmas dues when Tomorrow. At lunchtime? Yeah, watch out. So it's a full day. Uh, We are handbrake off from about 11.45 a.m. You excited, David? How would you you rate the Tiny Rebel 505, actually? Oh, the niche wokey beer that we're drinking. Yeah, it's a a bit grapefruity, isn't it? Is it too much for you? We've got other beers. Too fruity. I don't know if it's too much, but, uh, but it is a little bit fruity, yeah. What can I say? I'm a fruity guy. <laughs> yeah, well, we just we just went to a pub on Rose Street around the corner to just uh, relax after a long day. And, and James and I looked at each other and the barman when uh, David ordered a half pint. So there you go. <laughs> uh, for everyone else who doesn't understand, you don't order half pints in Scotland. Yeah, even though that was a half pint of gin, but you know that's another story. <laughs> you can you can claim whatever it was. Um, so. In ter- for speaking to two people that have probably two of the most traveled people I've ever met in my life, you've both completed a top 100 list and you've spent every year you go to the most interesting places, whether they're new or unfounded places in golf. So I want you to start off by telling us where have you been this year and what makes it interesting? Well, I think David, you should lead off. You've been, you've done most of the traveling this year between the two of us. Um, I, I don't feel sorry for me. I've done a fair bit too, but David, David's done a fair bit. So do you want to lead off, David? Absolutely happy to. Um, I, we'll, we'll leave you for the, the icing on the cake at the end with the new places that are, are very exciting. Um, I've been to the tried and trusted places, let's say. I, I think it's fair to say. And very fortunate to have uh, been able to do that this year. So 
you know, I'll just jump into a little bit of highlights. Um, Japan in the beginning of the year was a, was a, was a massive highlight, Japan and Korea, um, place I've been now quite a few times and absolutely love going back. Um, it was, um, incidentally the first time post COVID that I, I had a chance to see, um, Hirono, which is, a, a it was always a phenomenal course. Now it's had perhaps one of the best renovations that we may ever see. Really, really great by Martin Ebert. Um, and I'm, I'm a, a massive fan of Hirono and have always been. And I, and that's just to me a very, very special, uh, special place. So that one is, is a huge exclamation point on the, on, on the start of the year. And, and there's, there's others I'd love to mention, but that one is a, is a big one. Do you think Japan and Korea is one of the most underappreciated areas in golf? Um, I, I probably wouldn't say most underappreciated, but probably least visited because it's just the culture is so different there. And, and people don't, um, you know, look, if, if we look at um, where's the majority of golf travelers, if they're coming from the UK or the US, I, I hope that's fair to say. Um, I think that that's an area that people just don't get to. Uh, would you agree with that? Well, yeah, firstly, I guess um a big uh, a big flight and you get there and it's the great unknown that probably puts people off and, and the courses uh, we're very lucky over the years just you bump into a lot of people traveling around you get the, the nice invites and, and and david's been out there a few times now um culturally very very different very protective of the golf courses a la lots of the u.s uh but just a completely different game so while you're going to play these wonderful um golf courses predominantly allison courses that have the the really famous ones that we've both been lucky enough to play you're really going to immerse yourself in the culture and the completely different way of playing golf now the physical playing of golf is of course exactly the same but just there's a very much um a ceremony to the day which is representative of japanese culture i would say um i've got two questions around the area firstly Tell me a wee bit of history. Allison went over and was he the first guy to really go over and start designing golf courses there or was it, or he was the guy who really got it right? I mean, to be fair, my, my limited knowledge is that Allison has laid really his legacy works over there. You know, um, you know, if you, if you, to me, if you talk about Allison, sure, there's some courses in the UK. I couldn't quickly name them, but I can name the ones abroad, which would be like Royal Hague, which is a big one in the Netherlands, uh, obviously close to my heart where I live. Um, and then if you look at Japan, you know, he really, really put his eternal footprint in, in Japan. And that, that's a, you know, he's, he's definitely has like the legend status of his legacy being there with, with Hirono and, uh, Naruo and, and Kawana and, uh, uh, sorry, uh, the original one at Tokyo, right? The, like the first time he, he went through at Tokyo as well. So yeah, he, he, he is the, the, you know, the person that laid the footwork in my mind for Japanese golf and everything that followed. And, and, and again, it's a little bit of a story of, um, you know, if you look at somebody like Alistair McKenzie who went to places and he might have showed up for 15 minutes to, you know, take a piss in, in, <laughs> in, in some place. And then they said, oh, it's an Al Alistair McKenzie course. He was here, you know. But that means that people took the footprint that they laid out and they ran with it. And that's the case in Japan as well. You I mean, you know, Allison might have been to a place for just a little bit of time, but the guys that carried out the work and, and you know, took his concept and built it out, they don't get any credit. But you know, what, what they've done with it is, is incredible. The other question I wanted to ask about Japan was um, 
the court what's the access like at japan is it all very private the golf courses yeah it's very tricky like very tricky i think you know there's multiple tour companies that you can go with and things like that that cater but the very top courses are i suppose not too dissimilar to to lots of countries around the world extremely private very difficult to to get access to you just have to get lucky meet the right people um but there's there's a huge portfolio of courses in japan that are accessible and we talk a lot about you know ticking boxes and going to play the best places i know it's uh, crass to some people there's lots of other golf there so if you wanted to go to japan on a golf holiday i think you could reasonably put the thing together as long as you're willing to to not really belt notch at the likes of a Hirono, you'd go and have an amazing time and just go and immerse yourself in the culture. Uh, Japan's just an amazing place. I've been for both yeah. golf and for just pure tourism. And Rugby World Cup. <laughs> actually, it wasn't that, but um, just, a, just a wonderful country. The food is insane. The food's so good. And you can go and eat some backstreet place, the cheapest food you can imagine, or you can go bonkers expensive like we did on betting on golf one time. It ended up badly. We didn't mean to, but we decided it would be good to play for dinner on the first day, not knowing how expensive the restaurant we went to. And it sort of set a standard because the people who lost then wanted to recruit and it got a little out of control. But um, but anyway, no, Japan, to, to tie up on Japan, I suppose, there were lots of, lots of courses and destinations to talk about. An incredible country. Golf course is phenomenal. Probably a few there that I, I think should maybe sort of be talked about a bit more, David. The one thing I wanted to ask about Japan uh, is Japan is something that is really different to everyone else. Is a lot of them have double greens, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's double greens for a single hole. It's not, or is it? Well, each not just double greens in the sense of a St. Andrews double green where they're they're joined like completely separate greens so effectively 36 greens on a golf course um and you know there's lots of urban myths about why that is sort of different grasses for different seasons and things but i mean now certainly at tokyo golf club for example two greens on every single hole like there is at many of the courses in japan and they just change daily they play one course one day they're two different courses essentially because the greens are, are very different and they're at completely different angles. So yeah, diff- it really, different angles, different greens, that's right. I mean, the tee shots are always the same, of course, apart from the par threes, but the the second shots are completely different. <laughs> that's so interesting. So yeah. you're able to, from a smaller footing, you're able to get two top-class golf courses um, absolutely. the same as one golf course's footing. Well, probably a wee bit bigger than one golf course's mm-hmm. footing. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 my and again that that might not be right, but my understanding is also j- just like you said that it used to be winter green, summer green, uh, back in the day when they did it, and that just kind of became this trend because they have such ex- you know relatively extreme weather conditions between winter and summer, um, and you know that was one of their uh, one of the reasons. But I suppose like travel knowledge time, the best times that David and I have not actually traveled to to Asia together. But um, in the years that we've known each other and been going, it would either be late spring, very, very early summer, and then very late summer through the autumn to early winter is probably the best times to go when when the grasses are, are not quite dormant, but firm and fast. It was to have any criticism of Japanese golf, I think a little overwatered in places, a bit too soft. But the, the times of year to go, 
probably like April, May, and obviously famous for the cherry blossom and maybe you have to kind of get lucky. But in the autumn time, I've been lucky enough to go three times now. It's always been in the autumn around October and the weather's spectacular. Yeah, yeah that's right. I can imagine playing a pink ball in the cherry blossom must be pretty difficult for you, Simon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Love the pink ball. Uh, um, okay, so uh, we've gone through, that's us going through Japan and Korea from your trip in January. Yeah. <laughs> so should so, we move on to February? So the next one, actually, that, that was that was May, and I'm going okay. to backtrack a little bit because, you know, largely that's that's because the the redesign at Hirono and something, and, that, and that's the first time I saw it. So it had a, a big impact uh, for me. And and for our for, it was a Lockhart trip, right? So for for everybody that went, and and most people were getting to see it for the first time. So that was really just absolutely spectacular, and we were honored to have the opportunity to go. Um, the the next one is a is you know it's it's um, one of my my favorite places, um, Brazil. It, it's not on the it's not on anybody's target map uh, basically for golf, and. You know, I I don't try to oversell it because if I do, you you risk people being disappointed. But we we took a fantastic group of extremely well traveled people there uh, th- this year, including Simon, of course, and um, and everybody was skeptical, and I think everybody came away saying like, you know what, that's an amazing trip. What, what I, I, I think I think David David has been both subtly and not so subtly sort of promoting golf in Brazil for, for quite some time. Then he was known David for a while. And I think it's easy to be dismissive of saying, well, what, what's he talking about this place, Brazil? I went backpacking to Brazil in my call to life crisis when I was like 27, 28 and staying in hostels and, and bouncing around the place and all the rest of it, certainly not playing golf. And I was really intrigued. So I jump on this plane and go down there with David and there was eight of us. Firstly, we had these amazing matches. So we played on our own. We played the Olympic course, obviously, Gilhan's course down there. Very, very good. I would say unassuming is a way to describe the entrance. You come in and you do think, where are we going? And it's a bit rough and ready, And but the golf course is still in really good condition, very uh, interesting design, very thought-provoking, and we all enjoyed the course. But the next day we played at um, Garia, which was incredible. Like Jurassic Park has been used many times as an analogy to say <laughs> we're playing these these Absolutely. huge these stone monoliths raising from the coast thousands of feet into the air. Paragliders jumping off the top, you know these massive snakes crawling past the tee boxes. You're playing these downhill holes at huge drops. You're hitting balls out against the mountain, so you see your ball in flight. And then you cross this crazy busy road um, <laughs> to get to three or four holes on the back nine that are the other side of this main road that comes out of Rio. And you're, you're right on the ocean. And Hans did the work there, David, didn't he, in terms of the rejig. And yeah, originally so, a Scott that that's started right. the course. But. Yeah, original Scott. Don't ask me the name of the, the guy. He was a one-hit so, wonder, but he was also the club pro down there way back when. I think he's like a crude – I'll get this wrong, but I think he's a crude and bay um, – native that had gone down there you can look it up it's something like that yeah i think you're right there's no uh, there's no rush you can look it up if you want to get his or, name or royal or royal aberdeen or cruden bay it's like up in that yeah uh, one of the two area. it's one of the two went down there we had this thing we played against these wonderful people and i in my group we've had this eight on eight match against the club and i played against the former president of the central bank of brazil and the other chap <laughs> in the group uh Gee, who shot 60 yeah exactly <laughs> who shot 68 the other guy in the group who's my age like early 40s shot 68 legit like fantastic golfer 
And um, the the other chap in the group said to me, oh, do you know his story? I was like, well, no, I've only really just met him. He goes, oh, if we still had a royal family in Brazil, he'd be second in line to the throne. <laughs> and he says, that's only because his brother's in the group ahead. <laughs> Which is amazing. One Who of those guys war? was like bombing at 350 off the tee, wasn't he? Well, they both were. Both brothers yeah. were excellent. He shot 68. Le- legit how, 68. how about the other brother? Who's the, who's the better golfer? Well, uh, no, they were both. They both shot in the 60s that day. Oh, they were both great. They're very annoying family. We, we had our hands full in that match. We did. <laughs> we did. We got cuffed, and then um, but we had a great day. And then the, <clears> then the next morning, so some some cracking dinners there in Rio. Um, we stayed at a very nice hotel, all um, safest houses. And then the next morning we flew down to Sao Paulo and I'll let David go on to, to one of his favorite courses in the world in a second, but we went down and played another match against Sao Paulo Country Club. Again, a wonderful golf, 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 club, golf sorry, club, sorry, golf club. Uh, we played against these wonderful gents down there, another match, and there was a rainstorm. So we came off for about four holes, got some beers into us and some food, and then we were desperate to go out and finish the match because we were ahead. So we wanted to finish and not <laughs> let them off the hook. And I think we did step on the throat, which is quite good. Finish them off. Yeah. Tuck them away, James. We, on, we did, and we needed that because we were literally abused in, uh, <laughs> in, in Rio. I mean, it was it was ugly. <laughs> some royal family yeah, abuse. They, they were good. Yeah, they were solid. Now, and then we... Um, so the, the the trip down to Brazil, um, you know, look, the matches are, are are amazing, great camaraderie, wonderful people, um, and then we we go over to one of my, you know, probably one of my favorite places in in, in the planet, and I'm you know I'm, I'm not kidding at all, which is uh, called Santa Pacienza. Um, I know there's a lot of uh, a lot of people that were skeptical about that uh, as well, but um, it's really hard. You know, I, I prefer to let's uh, actually, I prefer Simon that you uh, kind of explain your, your view, your take on it. Yeah. I suppose to step back, I mean, there'll be uh, at least a good handful of listeners to the, to the podcast here that have either read David commenting about Santa Passions online or followed his Instagram account. He's very, very famous and, uh, <laughs> and seen all in his, his own pic- mind and seen all his pictures and videos from Santa Passions over the years and think, well, okay, he's accessing this super exclusive golf course that's owned by this lovely Brazilian family. Of course, he's going to like the thing. He likes the invite. So I did go down within my head. I, I, I wonder what this is going to be like. And I was more than pleasantly surprised. Firstly, the way you're treated by the family who will go and name us is just magical. Like you can meet more welcoming people and people might read into that. I mean, generous, like as if they're throwing you know, food and wine and the full red carpet treatment for us to come away and say they like the golf course. They don't care either way. It's their private enclave. But the golf course, and we're talking, the people who went there, there was three people that have now played the World Top 100 in that group. Um, uh, Royal County Down member. I'm just underlying the fact it was a well-traveled group, fairly knowledgeable group. We've been around a wee bit and we're not quite immune to the exclusive treatment, but it, it, it doesn't affect us that much. And um, the golf course is fantastic. Well, as really, raters, really you're, bo- you're both experienced people in terms of being able to switch off the noise around just the golf course. Yeah. So you you know how to deal with those things. So it's not just so people understand you're experienced at being able to turn away from the hospitality. The Yeah. So – Sorry. No, no, you're absolutely right. And, and thank you for bringing that up because 
jump the shark slightly that some people won't know that this place is extremely private, just owned by, uh, you know, owned by a family, a handful of people will play the golf course a year. Absolutely immaculate in terms of conditioning. Uh, it's a, a Fazio uh, family design, really uh, heavily involved. And David will get into that because he knows all the details. Uh, but this course has been there for like best guts of 20 or 30 years. And they've just been constantly tweaking. It's in, they call it the farm, but it's in the middle of this rainforest. And <laughs> I won't talk about all the bells and whistles around the course, but the course itself is surprisingly good, I think is an understatement. And the people that went there, I think were like, wow, every hole you just got there and you're almost waiting for the clunker holes. And there wasn't any clunker holes. And not just that, there was a handful of holes that you wouldn't have seen anywhere else in the world. And which to me are the holes that really grab you at any golf course around the world. You say, well, well, this is a legitimate course that we should all be talking about because it's got something that I haven't seen before. That's a great, that's, that is such a good point. Um, and, and I, I mean, I'd like to address that point because, you know, I, I look at some of the areas around the world that we travel in and some of them are, you walk away thinking like, okay, well, I've seen all that before. So that, that's really not that interesting. Um, and I, and I think uh, the combination of Gavia, which is very fair to say, um, and and Santa Pazienza, um, and not to take away from San Paulo Golf Club because that's a Stanley Thompson design, you know, so it's a great rooting, but it's a city club, you know, and, 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 and a great rooting. But, you know, it's uniquely different and it's not something that you you would have seen anywhere, right? And that just doesn't happen very often. And that's something that, you know, if you look at a course and you say, okay – there's X number of all world holes or something like that on this course. And they would be great on any course, even though they might be, obviously they'd be totally out of whack on a Lynx course or something. Right. Cause totally different, like rainforest combination with uh, maybe the wetlands or whatever is uh, on the, on the lower uh, half of it. It would be quite fun though. Yeah, no, no, exactly. It would be quite fun, but you know, there's a, there's a, there's a large number of holes on that, that you would stand out pretty much anywhere, but they're so unique that you can say, Hey, that's something that, that that place has that you won't find anywhere, and and that's rare in golf to me. It um I've not uh, I've not done enough research on it to know what Tom Fazio would say about it, um or how he would uh, word his opinion on the golf course, but um he's obviously not in the world of uh, golf course architecture right now. The most loved architect compared to the likes of Doak and the modern architects, um. But yet, this is a golf course that is taken both your romantics and golf. You love charming, beautiful golf, um, but you also have a have to be aware of what's going on in the world of architecture and what's the best because of what your positions are. So, um, as a someone who is rated Fazio golf courses, what do you think about this one compared to the rest? Is it a different beast to what you experienced before? Why not try Eden Mills' The Guard Bridge blended malt whiskey or golf gin? Visit our sponsor's site, www.edenmill.com, for more information. Eden Mills St. Andrews, bringing the art of distilling back to St. Andrews. Well, I think for me, it's by far the best Fazio course I've ever played. And I wouldn't know an exact number, but I've maybe played 15 to 20 Fazio golf courses and they're they all blend into one for me 
and because a lot of them are housing development courses that I've played in America, like countless people listen to this podcast will have. I've not played Shadow Creek, which lots of people say is just like a, a marvel and an absolute musty golf course in terms of the um, what's with the evolution of golf course design. It's, it's a musty golf course, but this course took me back, <clears throat> and even things like the bunkers. David, you'll correct me on this, but I think the twelfth hole there was um, bunker complex where it was almost like six bunkers gathered into one huge bunker. That almost like waterfalled into each other. So I'm maybe not describing this well, but different tiers of the bunker, but not just on a slope. Like we've seen bunkers on lots of golf courses that are on on a gradient or on a hill, and they climb the hill. But this one was almost like six or seven different bowls, all at different heights. Wow, I've not seen that before. And it was up by the green as well, not just to the left of the fairway, but to the right-hand side of the green on that hole. It was the twelfth hole, wasn't it? Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's the new twelfth hole, actually. That's yeah. a that's a new hole there, and. What what they've done is that might exist someplace, but I've never seen it before. So I, you know, that's extremely unique, and it's a little bit of a test, I suppose, as well. But you know, they have like, if you can imagine waves or or you know, what, yeah, waves. So if you imagine waves, it's like there's waves in the bunker. So you can be in the bunker with a steep downhill lie, or with a steep uphill lie, for example, but not against the not an uphill lie at the edge of the bunker, but in the middle of the bunker. So yeah, that's. Um, that's that's, that's, that's pretty edgy for for Fazio, right? That's not yeah, yeah. the kind of thing that he normally does because people know and and maybe you know over the years there's a couple of things. I feel like uh, he's the kind of guy that gets a bad rap because everybody all the all the kind of like um, minimalist uh, architects will use him as kind of like their punching bag, right? He's not going to come back and talk about it anyway, so let's beat up on him so we can promote ourselves. It's all a, it's all a matter of promoting self-promotion he was also he's a poster boy for that exactly era. exactly so because he could sell houses he did a lot of template work you know people would say listen we only got a million for this okay well there's a template you get a template because it's a housing community and you know it doesn't matter what the property's like because we're gonna move a, a trillion tons of dirt and we're gonna make it uh, great for your house and for the people that want to buy houses and that's the that's the forte that's probably also why he's financially by far the most successful um you know a uh, golf course architect just in terms of the money he's made by doing it um you know if 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 you look at um, some of his top work like simon just mentioned uh, shadow creek um extremely unique um i can pull out a couple of other names and those are those are ones that probably less people have seen that would say ah oh, i don't like fazio just generally because they've seen a lot of template courses or something like that. But if you look at things like Wade Hampton, right, that's probably one of the best mountain courses in the world. It might be the best mountain course in the world. Spectacular course. Um, you know, if you if you go to Gaza Ranch, that's at one of the Discovery Land properties. Well, he's done a ton of stuff for Discovery Land that, that most of us don't get to see. Like, I've only seen a handful myself, and the ones I've seen are great. Gaza's a fantastic place. And if it's not you know, it's not just the course that's really good. Of course, there's all the stuff around it that is part of what makes Discovery Land interesting and stuff like that. And then if I go out to Oregon, where I'm from, you know, there, there's a course called Pronghorn uh, where Fazio did one. And I mean, that that course has some totally wild stuff. And anybody who's been there knows that, you know, you've got like lava funnels and stuff that, that uh, you know, they, he he's a master of building around things or creating waterfalls or doing all this, this other stuff. Um, and you know, he's famous for saying things like um, 
if you if you give me enough money, I'll build you the best course in the world. You know, like whatever in in, in quotes, but you know that that's the kind of thing we're we're dealing with. So. Obviously, he's done a lot of stuff. He's done a lot of template type of stuff, but he's done a lot of courses. And, and it's harsh for him as well because the people that uh, that are dealing with Doak and Gilhans and Crenshaw, uh, Crenshaw have uh, got golf's got more money in it. There's more money now than there was previously to be able to build these golf. Co- not they may be more expensive to build them, but you can now charge three hundred quid for game of golf no problem for these golf courses yeah i think fazio had decent budgets for the most part amazing budgets yeah. <laughs> no no i'm not saying yeah. yeah but that a lot of that became probably came from the housing that it sold around it absolutely yeah i would say that the the generation of designers we're talking about now are looking for the best land and that's very much a movement that we all welcomed and have enjoyed we talked about on a previous uh, previous podcast when we were lucky enough to have martin ebert on that there are certain industry darlings and unfortunately uh, like um, martin maybe doesn't fit into that with the gca crowd like whether that's fair or not is is a point that anyone else can debate Uh, and fazio i think almost certainly doesn't fit into that darling crowd definitely (laughs) how many great properties has he has he received to work on that's well but it's more that this golf course specifically to um about brazil we had this incredible trip that i'm delighted that i went on new country for me um actually new continent for me to play golf on. I visited South America a few times before, but new continent to play golf on. And what a welcome we had from the people. Incredible food, a few cocktails, and um we we had a magical time with them with the members everywhere we went. Uh and the golf was spectacular. And again I would encourage people to go. Um where is next on the list of places you gentlemen have been? I know you've come back from somewhere very interesting recently. You being me. Yeah, you being yeah. you. <laughs> um, yes. So, well, I, I won't duplicate too much because I did a pod uh, with Jim Rawstaff. Please listen if you haven't done. Um, and we talked a lot about TRI and Tariti. So I won't dive too much into into those courses. But New Zealand is somewhere I've visited four times now, I think. Four times, five times maybe. And just a wonderful place. Um, the, the better golf for me is on the North Island. But everyone on the North Island seems to be working for the South Island Tourism Board. <laughs> they tell you to go down there. Um, Jack's Point, absolutely spectacular. My favorite course on the South Island there is is our town, like heart, uh, like real country course. You as well, David. Me David, too. Right? David's That's point too funny. Um, I love our town. Like, there's some really cool stuff out there. A real, like I say, country experience. Really cute little clubhouse. None of which are bunkers. Exactly. Yeah. And nay bunkers. Um, and then on the North Island to the really good golf, like Paraparuma Beach, which I've always been a big fan of. Um, Amazing. We, we talked about yeah. Mackenzie and, and his associates maybe back in the day not getting credit. Alex Russell Golf Course, who was basically his man at Royal Melbourne as well and gets, gets full credit for the East Coast, right? At Royal Melbourne. Yeah. Um, and then we moved up. We played Kate Kidnappers. Obviously, everyone's heard about Kate Kidnappers. Uh, I think it's really come on since the last time I was there in terms of conditioning. I think they've done a lot of work on the fairways and things like that. Um, so it's in a lot better shape uh, for those conditioning snobs out there. Um, then we bypassed the sort of kin, um, Tauper area, which is Kinlock, which I've played before, which I think is the best Nicholas course I've ever played, uh, the Kinlock Club. Um, we went up to Titarangi, uh, Alistair McKenzie course, which is this wonderful members club and course um, on the on the outskirts of Auckland that I just think's 
fantastic and they've done a lot of work there um i'm not sure i, I didn't really ask these questions so i hope this doesn't come across as unfair maybe haven't got the budget to splash on a huge restoration project but the doug white who's this fantastic uh gent that's the director of golf cracking golfer uh, he's really into his golf course architecture clyde johnson's been down there helped him with some bunkers and it does have the cal club vibes david on a few of those back nine holes you no come way. up and the 14th hole par three ridiculous in the best possible way green on this par three that you've ever seen create one of the craziest greens and like most bonkers greens i've ever seen interesting is, is the, i've is unfortunately missed it on my trip to new zealand oh why yeah. are you allowed on this pod what's going on <laughs> you missed it <laughs> no, no 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 this is i'm telling the truth yeah. right so, hand uh, the mic <laughs> so after titarangi we went up and um a, a bit swanky um we, we went up to carry cliffs in and out lots of people will like jump on a bandwagon and say oh i do get to carry cliffs it's an awkward routing there's not that many memorable holes and is it my favorite golf course on either island in new zealand no it is not is it worth going yes 100 um, yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's a it's a beautiful walk what's not to like but it, it, there's a lot of competition down there it's um but there's a lot of competition people don't know about would be the main thing is uh, long old way to, to go to be fair two two courses with probably the if views are important to you right if that's your thing two courses with probably the some of the best views in the world card cliffs and jack's point well yeah and two very different views as well so jack's yeah. points um right in the, the middle of queenstown big beautiful lakes the remarkables uh, the mountain range was incredible, incredible. Like, straight off lord of the rings literally the mountain range from yeah. lord of the rings and then you're up at Cary Cliffs, which is essentially the tropics. And it's like Pirates of the Caribbean stuff. Amazing. And, and yeah. the scenery, to me, is way more interesting than Cape Kidnappers. Where you're really just looking out at the ocean. And you've just got these skyline greens and a horizon. Whereas at Cary, you've got these wee islands popping up here, there, and everywhere. You didn't have your drone with you? No, no, no. Not really a drone guy. James so the... So the Cape Kidnappers is great with the drone, whereas... Amazing um, from, with the drone. From the foot... You'd rather go to... Everybody knows it with a drone, but it's a great course and a great route. Yeah, it's great. But, um, but anyway, that, that was New Zealand, and we talked about it a lot in a previous pod. As we wrap up this retrospective of the Golfing Gems of 2023, we hope you've enjoyed this nostalgic journey. Stay tuned for part two, where we delve even deeper into the hearts of the golfing action. Until then, play fast, lunch slow. Thank you.